and thank you for joining us. Welcome to the holiday special of Zooming In On Hate, a podcast series that brings together the brightest minds to figure out solutions to hate speech and disinformation. Throughout this series, we regularly speak to various voices from tech, civil society, law enforcement and policymakers to identify and analyze the latest social media trends. But today we are going to do things a bit differently. This past year has been a turmoil of events and some pretty dark ones at that. We started this year off in a lockdown and of course in the war in Ukraine. There have been multiple hate crime shootings all over the world and people are facing a cost of living crisis we haven't seen in years, wondering if they can even heat their homes this winter. Normally we would zoom in on those topics, but today, in the spirit of the holidays, we're going to look at some positive stories for a change. You know, working in the field of hate speech, disinformation and radicalization, we get confronted with the darkest parts of the World Wide Web. So it's important to be reminded about the happy, wholesome and inspiring parts from time to time. That's why we invited Tone Voss to join us today, to talk about the positive sides of the internet. Tone is both a writer and a designer, and he's recently produced a wonderful special series titled The Wholesome Wide Web. But before we start, allow us to introduce ourselves. My name is Jordi Nijenhuis. And I'm Hannah Richter. We're coming to you from Dare to be Grey. Tone, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy, uh, happy to be here. Can you tell us a bit about the Wholesome White Web to get us started? What is it? Yeah, uh, well, it's it's a multimedia story that, that we produce, of course. And um, it's kind of a take on, uh, uh, well, as, as you said, there are so many bad things going on on, on the internet and, and we are confronted with them every day, yet we flock to the internet every day as well, enjoying our time there, seeing inspiring stuff, uh, uh, connecting with friends, whatever. So there are so many amazing things going on uh, that we take for granted that I think it was about time to kind of zoom in on these things uh, and, and yeah, yeah, zoom in on uh, on the opposite of hate and, and, and kind of find uh, so the neat positive pockets of the internet and see what makes them so nice to be. All sounds very wholesome tone. Um, so how did you come up with the idea for it? Um, well, we were talking about doing doing a project, right? And and I think this was the beginning of 2022, and we had just produced. Uh, I was working with Our Europe at the time, and Our Europe and There to Be Grey had produced the disinformation issue, which was very uh, a v- fantastic topic, and I'm really proud of that magazine. It's really cool, uh, but it was heavy. Uh, there were articles about incels and, and you know, all these these really kind of hap- heavy topics where you read it, you're you're happy that you, well, it, it opens doors, but sometimes you wish that you can close those doors again. Um, and that experience left me kind of like, okay, great topic. Do I want a couple more months of this? Uh, uh, you know, do I want to dig in and, and, and go deeper in the conspiracy theories? And, and my personal answer was no, uh, uh, enough, you know, because, um, yeah, it, 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 it changes your mindset and, and, and you can't help but feel a little bit cynical about whatever's going on. Um, so like any topic, you can always look at the other side at the antonym to see, 
to, to, to learn about the same thing. So if you want to know about hate speech or, or negative places online, you can learn about that too by focusing on the opposite, uh, on positive places online. Uh, and, that, and, and so that's what we did. And I think it has proven very useful to see what, what are those characteristics of places that, that people love uh, and, and what happens if they're not there and why does that cause toxicity online? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking about these communities, you know, wholesome sounds a bit vague, maybe to many people who are listening today. Can you, can you tell us a bit about the communities you found and how did you find them? Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, to be honest, the, the wholesome wide web, wholesome is a bit of a, a term that, that just sounded really good uh, in the context. And I think it it captures the meaning, you know, the positive places, but it also, wholesome also brings to mind kind of very yeah wholesome images of i don't know cute cats and 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 just <laughs> like mindlessly positive things uh, it's of course a bit uh, about a bit more than that but i think that was kind of the working title and it stuck because um because it did envelop this idea that we wanted to get at uh and then yeah then it was time to to start looking around and, and finding things and it it's interesting when you start looking you're it's it's pretty difficult you're like well what yeah every, this place is nice but it has very bad sides or you you see some stuff and um and 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 it and it was a bit challenging but the more you look and you find one or two places you see really those positive aspects of people coming together, learning together, sharing their work, sharing their ideas, whatever. Uh, and all of a sudden, they start popping up left and right. So ever since I finished working on the project, I've been seeing all kinds of platforms and communities that I'd be like, well, that, that would have been a perfect case study. This would have been another great piece because here uh, uh, we have a place online where something... So, uh, where people are really getting something positive from it um uh but but uh, yeah they they all have different ways of generating this this these good vibes uh, i see a follow-up series coming here <laughs> oh Sounds yeah great. no that would be lovely i mean i can i can talk about some of the specific uh uh stories if you want yeah, that would that would be great. That was my next question for you. Maybe oh, just fantastic. briefly Sorry. because we'd love for for the audience to actually go and 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 read the stories. But so if you just tell us briefly um, about yeah. what they're about. Yeah, I won't give you a an abstract of, of of all of them, but maybe some personal favorites. What was really fun about looking for these stories? I mean, in the end, this is not a generalized answer to what makes the internet positive or great. It's it's in a way, a very personal document of what I found looking for positive places. So, of course, it's very biased to, toward things that I like, right? Because that's where I started looking. Uh, so that could be kind of in uh, uh, around topics of design or, or nature and ecology. Uh, so one piece that I really love to write uh, is about citizen science, which is basically scientific research where ordinary people like you and me or who are not doing a PhD uh, in um, on a certain topic are basically co-opted to to do some of the manual labor uh, the, these kinds of need, research need 
but researchers don't have time for time for them. So, for example, I'm in Brussels, uh, in Belgium, and in other countries as well. You have thousands of people who, when they go outside, when they go for a walk, they use their phone to photograph plants, insects, animals, fungi, whatever. Whatever they see, they photograph and they identify it using an app. And this really builds an incredible database um, about the ecology of the location that you're in, that, that research, researchers c could use. So that kind of was a topic that I was interested in. And uh, that's also how I got to a project called the Zooniverse, where you can do all kinds of things. But um, I was involved in a project where you could basically transcribe transcribe label data of an insect collection. So there were insects that were collected for science a long time ago, and they just wanted to digitize the collection. So you write whatever's on the label. Um, and I noticed that the same name popped up, or the same two the same two names popped up in the sixties and in the two uh, and in the nods, like uh, two thousand six or something. Uh, and I was wondering, like, is, are these people related? Uh, or, or is it the same person that has been collecting insects for more than 50 years? So, yeah, that's what that story is about, kind of that, that uh, adventure into finding out who these uh, people were. Another piece that I love working on was the, uh, the article about fan fiction, where I uh, interviewed a TikToker, uh, Lauren, uh, who, yeah, is quite famous on Book Talk about her infatuation with Dramione, uh, basically love stories about Draco, Malfoy, and Hermione Granger, uh, and and she can tell about it like it's Shakespeare. So so that that really opened some uh, uh, opened up a new world for me as well. Uh, yeah, I mean they were all very cool to work on, but those are a couple experiences that really stuck with me. Well, I think all we can do is, is say, everybody, you've got to go and, and read these stories and um, not only just read them, but also look at the designs with them as well, because Tone also did the design himself. Um, so what made you want to do it in 3D? And, and why did you feel like this type of design was really important in your storytelling? Yeah, this goes back again to earlier this year when we, we started talking, just kind of brainstorming about what what we could possibly do with the design i i've worked on multimedia stories before and i love kind of pushing the ways you can tell a story we all know kind of the, the classic blog setup where you just have text and it goes vertically um but i'm always curious to 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 present the story in a new way yet make it very accessible and readable because the problem with some design is that if you go too far, it becomes very difficult to to ingest. Um, so back then I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we make a 3D world? Uh, one of the articles is about 3D design. So that, that was where that came from. If we make a 3D world and you take a little spaceship and to go to the next article, you fly there. Uh, which was absolutely ridiculous because I had no clue how that could possibly be done. But I thought, if we figure it out, that would be great. That would be really nice. Uh, of course, we didn't figure that out because it's a bit, it's a bit complicated. Um, but 
in, in the space where I work as a freelancer, there was somebody uh, who put me on the trail of Spline 3D. It's a, it's a tool to uh, design 3D in your browser, which is very atypical because 3D design is super, super heavy. Uh, so you need a really strong computer to be able to do it. Uh, and even then, it's going to take a lot of time to render something, to make an image out of it. Yet this tool spline um, does it all in browser and it was very easy to grasp and you could just play around and make cool 3D stuff, you know? So all of a sudden it was like, well, okay, maybe the spaceship bridge too far still, but but we can uh, we can kind of punch through the fourth wall uh, a little bit by by making not just pictures, images, illustrations that are 2D, which is awesome. I mean, in a magazine, that's those are the dimensions you have, right? But on a screen, you can you can make things uh, you can make things interactive. Um, so that when you move your mouse, kind of the entire scene sways a little bit. And if you click on this object, it moves or it grows or it, it does it does whatever. Um, so being able to use that 3D uh, in this project was kind of another, I don't know, ode to, to the internet, to people um, making cool stuff online. And learning this program was also precisely what the series is about because I was in a discord channel where people were so helpful and friendly and thinking along you know where you really uh, uh, get this well wholesome experience of okay we're, we're here together to help each other out and make something really cool uh, and and I hope of course that 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 worked out I think I think it, it's really neat of course not every device is ready for it which which is a big uh, which is sad but um i mean if the metaverse <laughs> is, is coming we better be ready and i think we're go we're on the right track right now i i think so too because it, it really feels like an an immersive environment you really have to immerse yourself in this well maybe Maybe we could label it as a echo chamber of wholesomeness, because every time I go there, it feels like I'm I'm on a different part of the internet. This yeah. is a different space, and I'm and when I then go back to the classic internet, it's like okay, I'm back yeah. at normalcy where everything is nasty and hateful. Um, so I think for that's, me, that's really cool. Sorry to um, to be able to do is that with this 3D, you make it you make a location. Uh, you 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 get a sense of place online, um, and and that's something really special that you you feel like you are somewhere, which Absolutely. which is, is is kind of the first step toward whatever will be coming with augmented reality and stuff, um, where you really make a location out of the internet, like what we are in a room together with VR, for example. I mean, not the same thing, but but it becomes not you just looking at a screen, but yeah an extension of the room, if you will. Oh, absolutely. And of course, it's also going to pose big challenges to mm. practitioners like us who are working in the field of hate speech, disinformation, radicalization. What is going to happen when these immersive places will also turn toxic? Um, luckily, there's now an immersive space for positivity, wholesomeness. So my question would be, who do you think can benefit from these stories? What kind of people 
would you love to see and go there and learn from it? Um, I, I think anyone who has thought in the last couple of weeks, like, I hate humans because of the internet. I hate humanity. Uh, I, I, I don't want to live on this planet anymore. When you have thought that something like that, because of what you saw online recently, then this story is for you. Um, I think that connects probably quite a, a lot of people who is, have been uh, facing hate online uh, recently. So we should be getting quite some traffic then. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be that would be great. Well, it's it's great and not great, right? If if I say that this story is for everybody who has been disappointed in the internet, and it turns out that that's everybody, then we have a lot of work to do. But yeah, well, if the first step in that would be to 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 highlight the positive, and and that's not to to discount the negative. Of course, they are both there, uh, and and in an ideal world, we 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 kind of limits the negativity and 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 amplify uh, amplify the things that make people happy and make them feel good about the world themselves other people uh and yeah i mean that's that's uh what the wholesome web white web is about i guess yeah absolutely i like that a lot amplify like the, the positivity um i hope we can we can do that um so how did you feel writing these stories and and spending so much time in these wholesome communities managing to get away from the negativity of the, of the rest of the online space Yeah well well in a funny way because of course things are going crazy with whatever twitter i mean there's there's so much going on online and I, I at this point i don't have to tell anybody that but in a funny way focusing on these other things made made it so much more uh, so so much easier to ignore not not that it's not important but um yeah it's it's it, it's just it it became while i was focusing on these kind of more positive stories it became a bit of a sideshow that didn't matter to those positive communities because they are they are about something else the internet is not about the latest billionaire um uh crying wolf you know it's it's about uh, uh, whatever people are getting up to on the internet. And if that happens to be, uh, I don't know, uh, Animal Crossing and you're having a great time and you're you're excited for somebody, somebody's birthday party tomorrow of an, of an individual that you've never met, but in the game they are like, I don't know, a blue fox. Good on you, you know? Uh, and, and, and I think that's what is great about these communities is that that what you kind of see is that they they manage up to a certain point to co compartmentalize what they love uh and 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 be like okay this this is the space where we talk about design this is the space where we learn uh and and whatever happens outside is important it's it's there but it's not it doesn't define us in any way so what you're saying, it's, it's kind of like the solution for more wholesome communities. Do, do you think there's a secret formula to create these? Um, let's start by not selling whatever the wholesome thing is, by not selling it to Elon Musk. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, there, there, there are definitely things that, that tend to work. And there are things that tend to not work. Uh, so, so by working on multiple stories, it was, uh, it was really interesting to see some things coming up again and again. Um, 
and we might talk about the worksheet later but but we also try to kind of use those different components for example moder moderation anonymity those are things that have an impact on how a community works online um and and we made a worksheet to kind of rate the positivity or the negativity of these different components so that you can kind of take a closer look at uh, at online communities and see not just if if they are good or bad but what makes them more positive or negative and what could be done uh, uh, to kind of give a place that's not really feeling so great for everyone how to give that a more positive spin or what you could implement to to make it better yeah because that's that's the follow-up right the worksheet you mentioned it already it's it's going to be like a physical thing or what is it going to be how are we going to use it as individuals listening to this podcast well the dream is of course to to print it out on a on a on a billboard uh <laughs> but no, no let's see i don't think that's that's gonna happen and um, um no uh i i've been working uh on some some educational projects uh also in, in the past months and what i really loved about that experience compared to journalism or more like media storytelling uh, is that nothing is handed in or finished without a question like how do you use it uh what what should uh um what should, should students get from this uh how does it work um so i think the stories themselves are are, are really neat as kind of a media product but but kind of this worksheet uh which helps you to test the internet um, is is something that you can print out. It's black and white. You can just print it out. Um, and it's a, like any worksheet to fill in. You just get a pen and you, you follow the instructions and you will basically draw a line on a dotted matrix that will, it's kind of like a BuzzFeed test, but you can see how the result is being calculated because you're following it with your, with your pen. Yeah, so how I envision vision people using that is, well, for example, as I said about the educational project, you can print 20 of those for your classroom and use them, uh, uh, have students fill them in, which, which is interesting, right? Because it's like, okay, let's do Fortnite, whatever. Uh, uh, let, let's fill it in. And, 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 and by answering the question, you, you, you force this person that's doing it to reflect on all those different aspects like anonymity like competition which seems to be a big factor especially in online gaming when there's competition there's going to be more bullying if a game is not competitive people are going to be nicer generally uh, and and by having them answer those questions and see like oh if there's competition my line goes down kind of toward the toxic side of the grid okay uh, you know, that, that starts this process of reflection. And I can see it being used in workshops as well. The same goes for get a group of journalists together uh, and, and have them do it about Twitter versus LinkedIn versus, I don't know, whatever platform they want to compare. It's, it's kind of, it's a tool to, to be critical toward these platforms and communities and, and kind of not just think like, yeah, that's crap or that's, that's great, uh, but to reflect on why, places like that and also to, to make you kind of dream about it doesn't all have to be like this right facebook doesn't have to be facebook as it is it could it could it could have been great everything could have been great um 
if 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 priorities are switched and and uh yeah the way those things are built up and the way they prioritize things are are, uh, are changed well it's really important to be critical of of these platforms um because yeah as you said they they could have been great so as our final question to tone what would you change about the internet to make it wholesome to make it great um <laughs> well what would you change if you could change any of it i think what what's i love the most about the internet again i, I made this project the way I, I did it so so in a way it is personal but what i love most about the internet is um the the thing about insects or or the the scanning biodiversity thing where you go out with your phone and you take photos of of plants or bugs or whatever um the fact that you can go online and find other people that do that uh who might be an expert in their field and who are happy to tell you that this uh is like some some obscure wasp uh, that hasn't been seen since 1952 um the fact that you have so much access to these little smaller communities um uh and that you can become a part of them i think that's 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 beautiful and whenever there is that that positive that that kind of passion on a subject on sharing your work sharing creativity whatever whenever that passion is there uh you see that things just kind of mellow out and people are supportive and yeah you can you can really uh look for that and it's it, it is quite quite easy to find so of course it's not our responsibility to you know make our media diet in such a way that we only see see positive stuff but but there is enough there is enough out there already i don't think the internet needs to fundamentally change for it to become more positive it's already there you have to find it Well, I think that's a lovely way to to end, Hone. That positivity is there. You can find these places on the internet. You just have to go out and look for them. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tone. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was very nice. Thank you so much, Tone. And thank you for tuning in to this holiday special of Zooming In on Hate. You can find the Wholesome White Web, including the worksheet to check on the wholesomeness of your online community, on www.daretobegray.com and make sure to subscribe to this podcast or to our mailing list at eooh.eu to stay updated on our next episodes and other insights. And a special shout out to our funder, the European Commission's Rights, Equality and Citizenship Programme by DG Justice. Have a wholesome new year, everybody.